0: Hello, loyal listeners, and welcome to Two Teachers on a Train. This is Shira Lowenstein, and I'm here with... Melanie Eisen. And we are not on a train at the moment. In fact, we are both snowbound in our homes because it is... Crazy. Crazy snow outside.
1: Well, it is probably by you in Massachusetts, but here in Virginia, uh, it snowed about... Let me look outside. Yeah, about a quarter of an inch. (laughs) (laughs) And they closed school. Wait, there are four more flakes falling. That means that we won't have school for the next week and a half.
0: Um, well, I actually left my home this morning to go get coffee before the real snow started. But now it's it's pretty <laughs> snowy and it's really windy, which is really our problem, is the wind.
1: Right. I think that that is why here, because there is only there are only two winter coats in the entire state of Virginia, and two other kids are using them today. So... <laughs> I think that's why they closed school.
0: Uh, so you might be able to hear, listeners, how, how relaxed Melanie and I are, because last week we were both on vacation. And uh, Melanie, what were you reading while you were on vacation?
1: Um, I was reading, that was a nice segue, Shira. I was reading a Daniel Willingham's book, Why Don't Students Like School? Which is an incredible um, journey for for teachers and for school leaders alike. For all of our loyal listeners, um, he. That question, you know, why don't they, why don't, and, and many others, sort of like, uh, you know, um, the a book of why. Um, and I, if any of our listeners are from my Montreal School, Hebrew Academy, just a shout out to you all, because this is the book that I used when we did our work together. And one of the questions that he asks is, how can I teach students the skills they need? Why don't they remember the things I teach them, you know, and just takes us through the biology and physiology of learning. But in a way, relating it to examples that that really get you to think about how am I presenting my lessons and the information I want my students to uh, really grasp and understand.
0: Nice. I love that. So yeah. I actually, this this past week on vacation, I did two things. First, I really unplugged and I read, a book for fun, which if you like crazy, scary mysteries, uh, it's called *The Man from the Train* by Bill James, and it's about—it's a real story about this axe murderer that was traveling the country in the early 1900s, and and this guy like trying to find figure out who this guy was. So that was really fun. Um, and I'm also, I was writing, I was in the process of writing an article for Haya Dion, which is coming out, I don't know when, but, uh, to prepare for that, I reread a book by Charlotte Danielson called Teacher Leadership that Strengthens Professional Practice. And, uh, Danielson does, as, as you have heard before, you loyal listeners, I'm, I do a lot of work with teacher leadership and, um, it really interests me. And so this book, uh, by Danielson really summarizes what is teacher leadership. It, it sort of breaks it down for people so that they can understand, you know, who would be a good teacher leader, how how they can um, achieve that status, what what you need to do in your schools to make that true. So um, it, it's just a it's a very easy practical book. It's it's thin, it's short. Uh, I would highly recommend it if you're interested at all in teacher leadership. So I, I reread that book also over vacation.
1: Interesting that your murder book happens on a train and we are two teachers on a train. Just saying.
0: I certainly hope we don't encounter anyone like him. Although one of my know, but- one of my irrational fears is I- that he, he used the people's own axes to murder them. So he looked for houses that had axes in the front yard and that's the houses he targeted. So for all of you neat freaks like me who like to clean up things before you go to bed, it, it's actually a good survival tactic.
1: Make sure you put your axe away, is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, knives, axe, whatever.
1: (laughs) Okay, now that we just lost half our listeners because they think you're a psycho, we're gonna move on.
0: (laughs) So today we are talking about homework. Many of you are uh, at home right now and you might have given your students extra loads of homework to do over the snow day or you might not have. Um, and so we want to talk about homework. What are we, what are we thinking about it? What, you know, it's a very controversial topic. There are tons of articles, resources, um, ev- opinions all over the map. And we wanted to share some of those with you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that, um, I think that as when I was in the classroom, um, I was teaching kindergarten, so we didn't give homework, per se. We always um, asked that the students do some reading at home and encourage parents to read with their students. But the idea of homework was not prevalent. But I... I I can remember many times when I would sit with parents at back-to-school night or at parent conferences when they would beg me for homework for their students, and I would say, why? <laughs> and, and they would say, well, you know, I'm looking for, I need to get dinner on the table, and if they have something to do, then... You know, I can give them, they can be doing their homework while I'm fixing dinner. And, you know, I was kind of, um, I understood at the one hand that they wanted something that would be contained for their 5 year olds for the 15 minutes it took them to make dinner. But on the other hand, I was so taken aback by the fact that they wanted to call it homework and and it was interesting because especially if they had kids who were older they they wanted if they were trying to help their older child with the homework then they they wanted something for the younger one to be doing so the younger one would be occupied while they were trying to help the older one with the homework which I also understood to a certain extent but then I thought to myself why does the child need, the older one needs so much help with the homework that it would com- make, you know, the parent would have to sit exactly next to them to make sure that they were getting it done properly and it was not something they could do. By themselves. And I think a lot of the articles that I've read coming up, getting ready for this episode, that was sort of the major piece was that it wasn't a question of, and I titled this one, To Give Homework or Not To Give Homework. That's the question, because I was in London on my vacation and um, I spent some time thinking about Shakespeare. But um, that was just total aside. Um, but the idea is what when we're giving homework, why are we giving homework, right? Shira and I, when we work with teachers and school leaders, we are always asking the question of what is the goal? So I think that part of a lot of the reading that I did focused on what is the goal of the homework.
0: Right. So uh, just reacting to that, anything that you read from Alfie Cohn about homework, he is a huge, uh, he he really does not advocate for homework. He actually thinks that homework is a waste of people's time. And uh, he wrote a book called The Homework Myth, Why Our Kids Get Too Much. Um, he he really feels – so the first part of his book is called Missing Out on Their Childhoods. And he is trying to show, like, the, the whole purpose of that is is that, like, students are – when they, they're in school all day, when they come home, they should be children. And when we're asking for five-year-olds to have homework, because we have something else to do, you're actually taking away from their independence. You're taking away from their playtime. And children should be learning how to play independently during those 15 minutes. They don't need a structured activity. They don't need to be sitting in front of a tablet. They don't need to be watching a flipped lesson. They should be able to entertain themselves for 15 minutes. And We're actually doing them a disservice by giving them a structured, whether we call it homework or not, we're doing them a disservice by giving them Something concrete, structured that they have to do, um, and and also the idea of like programming all every minute of a kid's day is not healthy for them. Right? There's there's no reason that a kid can't learn how to like go sit in his room and play Lego without his mom sitting next to him or build a Ford out of sofa cushions or whatever else these five year olds want to do. Um, and the same extends up up through middle school and high school. And in fact, uh, Alfie Cohen quotes. Research, right? There's there's a lot of there's a lot of research that says homework has no correlation uh, to success, and and there is a correlation in high school. There's a slight correlation between success of students. Whatever that criteria, achievement, success is, and uh, homework, like the the amount of homework. But he stresses that correlation does not imply causation. It's not because they have homework that they are successful, but rather the kids who do homework are more successful because they're more conscientious, they're more invested in their learning, their parents set aside time for them to to think, and you know they're they have organized lives. What, whatever, there are a lot of other factors in there. So. Um, right. So the, the statistics on homework, according to Cohen, to Alfie Cohen, are very weak that, you know, there, there aren't necessarily any cause and effect relationships here. And uh, and I think the idea I mean, as I said before, the idea of we need to structure every minute of it of every day, otherwise the kids are going to miss out on learning is, is kind of a myth.
1: Agreed. Um, Part of what um, is in the book, Why Don't Students Like School? Um, Part of what he brings up is the research and the understanding on, you know, we want to try to build up the amount of knowledge our students have. Right. So how do we how do we do that? How do we expand their knowledge? It's not on doing homework all day, every day for, you know, for hours on. end. that's reinforcing what they might have already done in school that for some might be too challenging and for others might be busy work. But his suggestion is let them read. Put and put an infinite number of resources in front of them to read, whether they like to read magazine articles or how-to books, or um, you know, or fiction or non-fiction, whatever it is they like to do. Our knowledge increases by the amount of time we spend reading and exposing your kids to that knowledge. So maybe it's going to the museums, or um, if you have any that local that are good, or listening to podcasts beyond to teachers on a train. There are some dedicated to kids as well, creating opportunities for them to expand on their knowledge and especially for those younger ones when we're trying to help them Builds and understand what they're curious about. This is a w- great way to do it. Um, one article that I put on here that I found, I put two on here so far, but one that really sort of made me have an aha moment um, is an article that A.J. Giuliani put out, and I've used, I've quoted him many, many times. this one really spoke to me. And his article is called "Is It the End of Math Homework?" And he tells the story that in one of the schools that he worked in, um, the math teachers all came up to him and they said to him, "A.J., something's happening in the math department," and it sounded like a murder mystery, right? And he said, well, what's going on? And they said, well, all the kids are doing all of their homework. And he said, okay, what's the punchline? And they said, no, no, they're all doing their homework and it's all right. And they, like, all correct. And he said, okay, guys, you're totally losing me because I don't understand why that's a problem. And he said, they said, we don't understand how they're cheating. They are all doing all of their homework, and it is all absolutely correct. And then he said, the teacher said, but parents are complaining because they're getting A's across the board on their homework. But once it comes time for the quizzes or the tests, the kids are, are doing okay, but they're not doing as well as they're doing on the homework. So they must be cheating, and we can't figure out what's going on. So he said, okay, let me do some investigation work. And he walked into where, one of the study halls, and he goes up to some of the kids that would qualify under the kids that were under examination. And he said, hey, guys, can I ask you a question? Can you show me how you're doing your math homework? And they said, sure. And it was an app that they used, some kind of math app. It's on in his article. I don't remember exactly what it is. But the kids can scan the worksheet, and the answers to the questions, and all the work that would get them to the answers pops up on the screen.
0: Right. You like, yeah. You scan it over. Yeah, I've seen right. that.
1: And so, so of course, they were getting it all right. And no matter even if the teacher said,
0: Show your work.
1: You know, show me all your does that, too. So they basically scan it and copy it. And they were like, nobody told us not to do that. So he said, he pulled his math teachers together, and he, and he said, look what happened, and this is what's going on. And they said, instead of saying, wow, we have to ban phones, and we have to ban this app, They said, we're never going to be able to stay ahead of this, right? We're never going to, there'll be another app that we're going to have to ban, right? But obviously they couldn't use their phones when they were in a test atmosphere. So what are we going to do now that we know this is going on in our world? And in the article, they basically challenged themselves to come up with work and that would help the kids grow a better understanding of the math concepts but almost like you can't google that answer that became part of the homework the challenge was can you come up with math problems that will help me teacher see what you students learned about this about these concepts but that i couldn't take that app or any other like it and scan it to find the answer so they didn't take away the whole concept of homework in fact it to AJ's, you know, to what he thought, they, they, teachers wanted to see the, the kids doing it in front of them, right, not take it home. Mm-hmm. But the challenge became a further investigation into the kids' understanding, which if you're going to be doing homework, that's the direction I would think you would want to take.
0: Right. So homework should never be busy work. Homework should never be something that... Um, is, is just to fill time. I think homework should be an assignment that either they can't do in school, like go to the library and do this, or what, you know, as you're walking home, look for all of these, you know, like an experiential piece of their learning. Um, or it should be a, an extension that that is really meaningful, right? Go home and interview a grandparent. Ask your parents this. Discuss this with a sibling. Um, things that that will really bring the learning to life and make it more meaningful. And I, I, I mean, if you've been listening to us, you know that that's how we feel about education in general. But I think all the more so for homework. If, if you're going to do it after school, it's, it should be worth their time.
1: Right, exactly. And it should be worth your time knowing that you're going to have to attend to it at some point the time to do it at home? Is this your entry ticket into, into class the next day for you to look to see? Can you get a quick glance to see who was able to do it and who wasn't able to do it to group your students accordingly, right? If you're never going to look at it again, or if you're going to use the entire class period to go over the homework from the night before, then what exactly was the goal here and how are you going to move forward if you're constantly going backwards, right? So always take into account, I love that question, is it is it worthwhile? A worthwhile use of time for your students, even more so. Is it? Is it a worthwhile time for you, the teacher? You know, what are you gaining by giving out this homework? What knowledge are you gaining about your students, and what knowledge are your students gaining about the material?
0: Right. So there's a there's an article in the New York Times called it's called Never Mind the Students' Homework Divides Parents, and it's about you know the controversies of homework. Uh, but one of the things they say. It, in it is they talk about the the ebbs and flows of of homework and i actually found this as a teacher when when we're feeling threatened or worried homework seems to go up so you know we're worried about test scores in math so math homework shoots sky high the kids have to do so much more at home to to make up for the fact that they're having these these uh big gaps um they said that like in the 1950s when Americans were worried about competing with Russians, the homework levels went up for students um, and I actually found that as a teacher when as a as a brand new teacher, I thought people wouldn't take me seriously the kids wouldn't take my class seriously if there wasn't a lot of homework that was sort of like, You know, I'm a middle school teacher. I'm young. I'm thinking, like, I have to have a lot of homework. And then I was thinking, well, what can I actually assign them? I I actually, as a teacher, struggled with what should this homework be? Because I I didn't believe in giving busy work ever. So I'm not going to give you busy work at home. And I think designing those meaningful homework experiences were were difficult. It took a lot of time. It was very time consuming for me as a teacher. Uh, and, and I wanted to make sure that it used the resources that they had around them. And I think that this, this idea of like, where we're, I've seen like nursery schools that have homework, oh, we're preparing them for kindergarten and kindergarten, we're preparing them for first grade. And for, you know, it, it, it's very iterative. It can go, it can go until like, we're preparing them for college. Um, and, and, and it's silly because really you should be celebrating them for where they are right then and there. And this idea of, like, I'm, I'm, I'm racing to prepare them for the X, Y, and Z it is very artificial.
1: For sure. I, I agree 100%. You know, um, we have a friend in common who, if she's listening, will recognize it, Shira Heller, who always complained about how her kids used to have reading law. That she would send it back unfilled, right? And, and she would be like, My kids read. I know my kids read. What is another way that we can encourage them, other than getting that sticker? It used to make me crazy that it became my responsibility when my kids were in second grade and grade two to say, Oh, did you fill in your reading log? When I know they had read every single day. Now my kids are much older now and I know they read, but they wouldn't be able I wouldn't be able to log in page numbers at this point. Now it would be articles on Reddit or whatever sports reading they're doing that day, or you know, they're they're always reading, and so to define. Times that a stu- that a child or a student can read based on blocks of time. Some kids save all their reading for the weekends, and some of us read. You know, some nights we get into our books and we're reading for a half an hour, and other nights I fall asleep before I open up the book. So I think you want to be purposeful and and in the assignments that you give and 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 not it sh- it should be an opportunity for your students to experiment with the things, content you want to learn, to expand their knowledge. Um, and, and base it on curiosity, too, and interest.
0: Right. So um, just to, to bring it back to the classroom, one of, one of the things that I used to do that I found really meaningful was I, I would keep, the kids would would every Friday fill out a sheet that was called ask, ask Me. And on it, they would have each subject listed, and they had to write one question that their parents could ask them over the weekend about what they learned that week in that subject. Right. Uh, and that was their homework, to go home and discuss it with their parents. First they had to write, it was an assignment in class to write all of these questions, and then their homework was to have this discussion with the parents, and the parents had to sign that they had had this conversation. Um, and then something else that I did to to kick it up a notch is I actually saved them. And then we, the kids brought them back Monday morning, and I had a file folder for each kid. They, they would put it in their file folder. And so I had ask me from the entire year, and I would bring it out for parent-teacher conferences. You know, here are things that you that your child has noticed. Here are trends I've seen. And then at the end of the year, I would give the kids a big stack of the ask me's that really summarize sixth grade for them. Uh, and I thought it was. That was a way that I wanted them to be spending their time at home. It was homework. They, had, they still learned they had to, like, take it out. They had to be accountable. They had to sign it. And, and, again, people did it at their own paces. Some people did it Friday night at dinner. Some people did it Monday morning on the way to school, and then there was everything in between. Um, and I think that, that construct, constructing a routine of homework in that way that is going to be meaningful for them is, is valuable.
1: Agreed, 100%. And I think that when they see that it's valuable or when you've given it thought, from the parent side, the struggles that some of you or some of us have had with getting our kids to do their homework when they don't see any meaning to it or can't attribute the why to why am I doing this other than to fill out whole other stacks of papers um, lessens the, 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 the uh, do the homework um you know some teachers give a whole lot of it at the beginning of the week and assume that kids are going to space it out you know during the school week we just ask that like anything else give it some thought before just simply assigning reassigning it
0: i love that too melanie all right are we ready to sign off
1: We are. So if you are snowed in like here in Virginia with a quarter of an inch or possibly getting more like you are in the state of Massachusetts, um, we hope you stay safe and warm and we'll see you all next time. Yes. Have a great day.